feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about President Trump saying on day one he'd secure the border and drill, baby, drill. The other thing that President Trump no doubt would do is he would crack down on some of these protests, especially these anti-Semitic ones that we have seen that are just downright disgusting. Uh, There was probably no better friend to Israel as an American president, then President Trump, look what he did. He moved the embassy. He also did the Abraham Accords. Uh, he was always a stalwart supporter of Israel on so many, many different ways. And yet, uh, here we are facing this catastrophic issue, and we have President Biden in the White House. We've got the crisis, of course, that's going on. Israel trying to wipe out Hamas, which they have to, these ruthless barbarians. Uh, What we're hearing now about these assaults on women that Hamas did to the Israelis on October 7th, it's, it's shocking the conscience. And so it's pivotal that Israel has our support because they are wiping out Hamas, not just for them, but for civilization. It's a battle of civilization versus barbarism. And I can't think of a better word than barbarians to describe Hamas. And yet there are people out there protesting, uh, going against Israel, and they don't seem to want to condemn Hamas. And some of the stuff has gotten really so scary, especially that recent protest in Philly, where they were chanting outside a Jewish-owned business. Take a listen. This is outside the restaurant called Goldie's in Philly. And this is what was going on over the weekend where they were chanting and screaming. And it almost reminds you of 1938 Germany. Take a listen. Really frightening. And so today on Capitol Hill, there were Jewish students who spoke out about some of the horrific examples of anti-Semitism that they've had to endure on their own college campuses. Listen to this UPenn student. Well, I'm both honored and thankful to be here. I should not be here today. I should be studying for my upcoming I should be taking in every moment, every experience as an undergraduate student in my senior year of college. So while I should not be here today, I am. Just 36 hours ago, I, along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms. As classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. 
And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring university's president swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. Because the glorious October 7th, and you're a dirty little Jew, you deserve to die, are words said not by Hamas, but by my classmates and professors. Absolutely chilling. Can you imagine and then say, oh, yeah, just go back to school. Don't worry about it. That's what they were doing at other locations, too, saying, oh, no, everything's fine. Nothing to worry about. Remember at the high school and Queens where they were like chasing them down? Don't worry about it. Just kind of come back. Nothing to worry about. Are you kidding me? They're supposed to feel safe going back when they were chasing down, in that case, a teacher who was at a Jewish event. Can you imagine that they were hunting down a teacher, hundreds, and in this case that you heard about today, a UPenn student being called a dirty little Jew, saying he deserved to die. This is 2023. This distasteful, disgusting rhetoric, sadly, is pervasive in so many schools. And so today there was a hearing on Capitol Hill. I say bravo. Uh, And some of the members of Congress were really, really grilling. And they went after, in particular, all the different schools. It was MIT and Harvard and also UPenn, where that student just went to. And the UPenn president, Dr. Claudine, this is Harvard, rather, president, Dr. Claudine Gay, somehow couldn't find it in her soul to say, God, this is just so horrible and we need to stop it right away. No, she kept hiding and cowering under the term of free speech. There's a big difference between free speech and insightful speech. Just ask the people in January 6th, because that's what they were all about. Remember that whole deal? Remember the January 6th committee? Everything was, oh, they were inciting, they were inciting, they were inciting. So I guess when you're walking down the halls of Congress waving and saying hi to the police officers, that's inciting. But if you're saying death to the Jews, we want to wipe out Israel and dirty little Jews, that's not inciting. I mean, the double standards is disgusting. So listen to this unforgettable exchange today. I was like, whoa, Uh, this is Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. She is the chair of the House Conference, House Republican Conference. I was just with her the other day, uh, two days over the weekend, and saw her twice and saw her at the ZOA, the Zionist Organization of America Gala, where she gave a great introduction to the new speaker, Speaker Mike Johnson. And here she is. Here's Elise Stefanik. And she is a Harvard alum talking to the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, who is the witness. And listen to this exchange. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you not say here that it is against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, Does that speech not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? When you speech- testify that you understand that is the def- definition of intifada. Is that speech according to the code of conduct or not? We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, 
even of views that are objectionable. You and I both know that's not the case. You were aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report? As I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the data shows it's true. And isn't it true that Harvard previously rescinded multiple offers of admissions for applicants and accepted freshmen for sharing offensive memes, uh, racist statements, sometimes as young as 16 years old? Did Harvard not rescind those offers of admission? That long predates my time as president. But you understand that Harvard made that decision to rescind those offers of admission. I have no reason to contradict the facts as you present them. Correct, because it's a fact. Talk about a different standard. And then it went on. Listen to this. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African-Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Yeah, and she couldn't answer yes or no, and it went on. Do you know what the number one hate crime in America is? I know that over the last couple of months, there has been an alarming rise of anti-Semitism which I understand is the critical topic that we are here to discuss. That's correct. It is anti-Jewish hate crimes. And Harvard ranks the lowest when it comes to protecting Jewish students. This is why I've called for your resignation. And your testimony today, not being able to answer with moral clarity, speaks volumes. Wow! That's what I call fireworks. And that was a searing by Congresswoman Elise Stefanik of New York, chair of the Republican Conference. And I think she's spot on. I mean, this little political mamsy-pamsy, and then when she shows the double standard, and you know darn well you heard her saying when it was calling for anybody against an African-American. Oh, and then it's hate speech. But now suddenly this isn't hate speech? That's ridiculous. You have to protect everybody All races, color, creeds, faiths. This president is trying to, like, be politically correct at the hearing. And Elise Stefanik and others were having none of it. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Terry, line three in Austin, Texas. Terry, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, I just can say about these protests. I know in January 6th, the hard left infiltrated the January 6th protest, but nobody brings that up. Now all these crazy demonstrations all over America now supporting a terrorist group is just the indicator in Exhibit A that the hard left is taking control of the country slowly but surely through legal and illegal immigration. Every enemy of America is inside America. But we can't protect our children and our elderly and our infirm. We are a failed country because we cannot protect our citizens because we have people in this country who want to release prisoners all over. That's their army in the street. That's why they're doing it. The hard left wants massive third world immigration into America legally and illegally. Well, guess what? Guess what? They're getting it uh, because it is a disaster. And it is continuing, and it's also bankrupting this country, too. I mean, that's the other thing. Uh, Cities are busting at the seams, paying for them 
paying for migrants, and also it is such a huge security liability. Terry, thank you very much. Let's go to Tony, line one. Tony, uh, what a mess we're in. You know, I think if you have moral clarity, you recognize that. And Rita, I never told you, but my middle, my confirmation name was Rita. So we have that in common. That was Tony. I never knew that. Now I know why I love (laughs) always getting your calls, Tony. That is a double Rita squared. That's fantastic. (laughs) So what I wanted to tell you, though, is um, a Congresswoman Stefanik was stunning. And she hit it on the nail because she said, you know, when we allow this kind of mistreatment and we allow it to go by, which is what happened during uh, with Hitler during uh, his term, he had trouble with Jewish people. He had trouble with everyone and he wanted he got rid of them. And so what we're seeing in this country, I saw President Trump tonight, who is amazing, and I call him my commander in chief. However, what I'm seeing in my White House today, which I've seen for three years, is a dictator that has tolerance for these kind of tyrannical people who will exterminate and and intimidate and begin to accept these kind of inhumanitarian mass killings. This is a concern to me. So when I live in a government that is beginning to feel like I live in a dictatorship because my freedoms are withheld. My Twitter was suppressed. All the feeds were suppressed. We had so many things that we we may not be able to get cars. We may not be able to do this. We have to do that. All the things we've been discussing, I think, today in the United States under this administration, we are living in a dictatorship. So when I saw President Trump, you know what I call him? My commander in chief, because he wants to put together my country so we can all be healthy. This country, Rita, has been under a tyrannical rule that has oppressed many of us who care about the country. Yeah, And, and, and by the way, us- you know, Tony, also to, to the whole thing with Trump. Lately, mm-hmm. remember the new thing that came out where uh, anybody who liked or, or retweeted one of uh, Trump's comments was being searched by the DOJ. There was a report that that happened recently. Um, if, if you talked about privacy, yeah, 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 exactly. So how about if you also how about if you also talked about you know the Hunter Biden laptop? Remember, all of those people got blocked, and then New York Post. Remember, their account was blocked. I mean, they wouldn't show the story, and I mean, it was just. It was so crazy. If that's not a dictatorship uh, trying to siphon out what you can hear and not hear before the last election as the candidate, then Joe Biden stands there and says, oh, uh, nothing to see there. There's no thing with my son. And now we know all these details with all the money coming in. Uh, Certainly a lot of questions. That to me is like a dictatorship, you know, screening media, screening what we know, what we don't know, what we can read. Uh, Boy. Uh, boy, is is the world in such a strange place. And you're right. It was refreshing to hear somebody who acts like a commander in chief and someone who puts America first. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
This is the Rita Cosby Show. In just a few minutes, we're going to have one of my favorite segments that we do every night here, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great veterans and their families and also talk more about a stunning rally in Michigan where it was an abandoned Joe Biden rally with it looked like a lot of Democrats. So uh, why are they leaving him in droves? I know why I'm leaving him in droves, but why are they leaving him in droves? We're going to talk about that also after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob, line five in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, hello. Uh, You remember me. I sang happy birthday to you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Absolutely, Bob. Now I do. Thank you. So what do you think about all these protests? Boy, have things gotten crazy, Bob, since my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Happy birthday. You're doing a great job out there, I got to tell you. Thank you, I'm, Bob. I'm originally Thank born in Brooklyn, Flatbush Avenue, and I remember Flatbush Avenue from all the way from downtown by the Manhattan Bridge, all the way back down to where King's Plaza is or King's Highway would be. Well, by the way, Bob, Bob, we just have a few seconds left, but they've been blocking uh, lots of parts of Brooklyn, these protests. What do you think of them? Well, well here, Brooklyn never had uh, gates on the windows when I was a little boy. And, and when I walked to Flatbush Avenue, I noticed it. After they let welfare come in, which they didn't teach people jobs, they gave them stuff. But you're right. Now things are a mess. And sadly, there's been a lot of crime there, also a lot of protests. And uh, we want to bring back the good old days. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a really powerful story coming from Bryan, Texas, where Brazos Valley veteran Saturnino Carbio is set to receive the Purple Heart Award this month, 56 years after being wounded in the Vietnam War. The veteran, who is a medic who served in the 25th Infantry as a member of C Company, was wounded during a search-and-destroy mission in 1967. Over five decades later, Carpio is being presented the award at a special ceremony this Thursday. He was wounded in an ambush by the Viet Cong on October 22nd, 1967, in which he was injured in the chest, groin, foot, left eye, and also both legs. Carpio was one of eight platoon members wounded in the ambush. After the attack, Carpio and the other wounded soldiers were evacuated by helicopter to a hospital where they received care before being transferred back to the United States. And then he continued his service at Fort Polk, Louisiana, where he completed his service then about a year later. Now, the incident was not documented in his Army record for decades. But now the Department of Army has recognized Carpio 
and corrected his service record. And again, he will get a hard-earned Purple Heart this week and will be duly recognized. And of course, to all of our great Vietnam veterans out there, we love you, we appreciate you, and welcome home. Thank you so much for your service and your family's service. And everybody, help America to never forget. Donate just $11 a month to the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Simply go to t2t.org, t2t.org. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is honoring Veterans Day by providing mortgage payoffs or mortgage-free homes for 50 hero families. These 50 homes are in 26 different states across the country and will help catastrophically injured veterans, Gold Star families, and fallen first responder families with prior military service. In 2023, the foundation is providing housing assistance and services to more than 3,000 of America's homeless veterans. Visit T2T to learn more and donate $11 per month. That's T, the number two, T.org. And again, be sure to check out the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation and do whatever you can to help America's military and first responder heroes. T2T.org, T2T.org. Well, you know how much I love this country and appreciate it and also how much I think at this moment with everything that's going on, especially what's happening and what was wrought upon Israel, the hell on earth that happened on October 7th. And now some of these horrible stories of sexual assaults uh, that are just atrocious. Um, We've heard that there are more than 1,500 incident reports coming from, sadly, the dead bodies mostly of some of these women and children and the horrific assaults that so many of them endured. It's shocking, and it's horrific to the core. So where are some of the women's groups? Uh, There are a number of women's groups that have yet to speak out, or if they have, they have really not been forceful or clear in their comments. Shame on these women groups who have been silent at a time where the world needs leadership, and there should be no gray when it comes to these extraordinary, horrible atrocities that have been wrought on these individuals. When you hear what happened on October 7th and the fact that there are women's groups out there that for some reason are remaining silent, uh, that there are civil liberties groups out there that are remaining silent, their silence is deafening. And what we are hearing that happened to some of the people is just absolutely horrific. There's a story of one man who survived at the Nova Music Festival by putting a dead woman's body on top of him and smearing her blood all over him so he could appear dead. And he was watching a woman, he says, uh, be raped by multiple men begging to be killed. And then they finally killed her. And we're laughing and walking away. These are the Hamas terrorists, the Hamas barbarians. It is horrific to its core. And I'm just praying tonight uh, that these hostages that are still being held by Hamas, that they come home and that they are safe right now. Because this is such a scary, frightening situation. 
because definitely the stakes are raising in the war right now. There's even talk of Israel maybe trying to flood out the Hamas tunnels, that that's something that they are considering, opening it up to the Mediterranean Sea and flooding them out. But they don't know where all the hostages are. They don't know where barely any of them are. And the question is, can they maybe go in and try to get some of them first? Are they even in the tunnel still? We don't know. There are so many questions here tonight. The other night, uh, when I was at the event that I was emceeing, I met Mira Ben-Ami and her son, who is Yosef Haim. He's in his 20s. He was taken hostage from the Nova Music Festival. And when you hear and see a mother's face of wrought anguish and just praying that her baby is alive and not being tortured. And here is this young man and his only crime was being at a music festival, having fun with his friends. And to hear now that he is in some hellhole and she is praying for a safe return, I can't even imagine And I gave her a huge hug, and we were crying together. It was so emotional to just hear what she is going through and what some of these other families are going through. I can't even imagine. It's just, it is, it is just horrific. And for women's groups right now to remain silent or to equivocate, that is shameful and that is so damaging. They must be cleared, they must stand up. And they must condemn these horrific sexual assaults that are taking place and the abuses to all of the hostages. The fact that they took these people, innocent people, it is just, it is shocking the conscience and the world must stand together. And yet we have this member of Congress, Pramila Jayapal, uh, who seems to somehow say there needs to be balance uh, between what Hamas did, and what Israel's doing. Listen to this comment that still is raising so many eyebrows. I want to ask you about sexual violence. And it's kind of remarkable that this issue hasn't gotten enough attention globally. Widespread use of rape, uh, brutal rape, sexual violence against Israeli women by Hamas. I've seen a lot of progressive women, generally speaking, they're quick to defend women's rights and speak out against using rape as a, as a weapon of war, but downright silent on what we saw on October 7th and what might be happening inside Gaza right now to these hostages. Why is that? I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's true. I think we, we always talk about the impact of war on women in particular. In fact, I remember 20 years ago, I did a petition around the war in Iraq. Have you said, saying have that, you talked about it since oh, October absolutely. 7th? And I've condemned what Hamas has done. I've condemned Specifically all of women? the actions. Absolutely. The, the rape, the, of course. But I think we have to remember that Israel is a democracy. That is why they are a strong ally of ours. With respect, I was just asking about the, the women, and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I, I said it's horrific, and okay. I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm-hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, three quarters of whom are women and children. And it's horrible, but you don't see Israeli soldiers raping um, Well, Dana, I think we're not...
Well, let me really think about it. So Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked about these despicable comments from this Democratic lawmaker, Jaya Paul. Again, she's head of the Progressive Caucus there in Congress, uh, the squad. And Corinne Jean-Pierre seemed to not be able to condemn the comments. Shame on her. The House Democrats are planning to introduce a resolution this week, both condemning the use of rape in war against Israeli women. Um, seemingly in response to Progressive Caucus uh, Chairwoman's comments this past weekend, Rep. Jayapal, basically saying we need to be balanced in our criticism, which seemed was interpreted by many, myself included, to downplay the horrors of the uh, actions of October 7th. Does the White House uh, support this resolution? And do you think the representative needs to clarify her remarks? So, look, I'm going to let the rep- representative speak for herself. I'm, I just can't speak for her. I speak for the president of the United States. I am the White House press secretary, obviously, so that's who I speak for. And what I can say, and I said this in Sarah's question when I answered it, which is it is when it comes to rape, that's reprehensible. When it comes to using rape as a weapon of war, that's reprehensible. We are we are very, very clear about denouncing Hamas's actions, and that's what the president has been clear about, and that's, as administration more, more broadly, we're going to continue to be Do you think really because unfair. of her perch, though, as a progressive leader, she should clarify her remarks? I, I speak for the president. She has to speak for herself. That is an unbelievable comment. She couldn't even condemn it. And to add another comment, this Brianna Joy Gray, she was the spokesperson for Bernie Sanders, Senator Bernie Sanders. Listen to what she tweeted out, and this is shocking to its core. She says, believe all women was always an absurd overreach. Women should be heard, claims should be investigated, but evidence is required. The same is true of the allegations out of Israel. But also, this isn't a believe women scenario because no female victims have offered testimony. Are you kidding me? These people were slaughtered. They were raped and then they were killed. And she is saying that because... No one is speaking out. Their bodies are speaking out. There are 1,500 incidents. And there are reports that others outside of Israel have also gotten access to the forensic too. So it's not just Israel's word for it. Where they have seen broken pelvic bones. uh, Many women completely undressed, savagely raped, broken legs, shot in the head, nude brutalized, and this woman is wondering why no one's come forward. First of all, they are now getting some people who endured it who are coming forward. But separate than that, there are people that are in morgues. These women are lying in morgues because they're dead, because these savages attack them. And this woman is actually has the audacity to say, there are no victims coming forward. Why aren't you coming forward? Because they were brutalized and killed. And that's what happens so many times when savages don't go punished. If this is not one of the most disgusting, despicable comments, and it's coming from a woman, she should know better. Everybody should know better. What kind of, like, piece of humanity have you missed? This is shocking to me tonight. I am so disgusted by this comment. And the fact that it's coming from a woman is shameful. And maybe part of the reason 
that President Biden is holding back on really going after Hamas and really going after the Palestinians and many of them who support Hamas, not all, but many, is because maybe he's a little worried about losing some key votes in key states because there is a decent Arab population in the United States from a numbers perspective. And they're not happy with what he's doing. So listen to what happened at an abandoned Biden rally recently in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, These were voters who said they voted for him last time and they're not going to do it again. Take a listen to what one of the speakers had to say. To close off this press conference today, we are announcing that President Biden has lost the 2024 election. We are not powerless as American Muslims. We are powerful. We don't only have the money, but we have the actual votes. And we will use that vote to save this nation from itself. President Biden has lost the 2024 race because they're not coming out. They are so angry at his, quote, support of Israel, even though it is a waffly one. And here's another one at this abandoned Biden rally in very Arab heavy uh, Dearborn, Michigan. What's driving this position is loving those Palestinian children, 8,000 of whom have been killed with American weapons. How in the world could we dare vote for the president who was in office and basically gave Israel the green light, especially when he said that there is no red lines for Israel. He is enabling this genocide. The Palestinian lives matter. And this is a make it or break it issue for us. Make it or break it issue. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. Is that why Biden has been tiptoeing around not even condemning Pramila Jayapal or these protesters with some of their despicable language. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, uh, tomorrow night, of course, the final Republican primary debate is expected to take place. And we will see what happens. Is anybody going to be able to put a dent in President Trump, who is still so far ahead? Of course, the first big contest is the Iowa caucus in mid-January. Then you have the New Hampshire primary in South Carolina And we are off to the races, but it's going to be very pivotal for some of those folks tomorrow night. There's not that many left. Doug Burgum dropped out earlier in the week, and we'll see what happens with the rest of them. The handful that are there on the stage, will anybody break out of the pack or change the dynamics in this race? We'll definitely be talking about that to see if there's any breakout moments. You know that... uh, uh, Vivek and Haley will probably duke it out at some point. Uh, it will definitely be lively, and we'll be talking about the highlights and the lowlights, and obviously a lot more also tomorrow night here on The Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, we're talking about the fact that Joe Biden has been dancing around 
and clearly not taking a hold of some of these horrible anti-Semitic comments. You just heard some people in the Muslim community in Dearborn, Michigan, furious at this president because he has been supporting Israel at all. And meantime, some of these women groups that claim to be big supporter of women's rights, where are they? Many of them are silent as we're hearing some of the most horrific stories of sexual assaults uh, that we've heard in modern times. It's just it is reprehensible and it is just so horrific and it is chilling to the bone. Uh, Let's go to Sandra, line five, uh, Sandra, line three. Sorry, Sandra. Go ahead, Sandra. Oh, good evening, Rita. I was going to go over a bunch of reasons why Trump is so supportive of Israel, but I don't know if we'll have time. So I want to say something different. I want to say that they are saying that they're drugging the hostages when they leave them to go home to make them appear like everything is fine and they're calm. And that doesn't help people like Jay Appel, who uh, wants proof of all this. And I, I have a video on my phone, Rita, where this woman was cut open. Her whole stomach was cut open. I have that video. And the baby is taken out. And then they shoot her. I mean, <laughs> but... It's reprehensible. You know, Sandra, let me ask you, as a what? woman, it. Yeah. I, I, I am baffled that these groups that, you know, continue, they were all over the place in the Me Too movement. And this is beyond... Um, you know, uh, you know, workers' rights and things like that that they were fighting for back then. This is just so horrific and so barbaric and so just shocking to the conscience. Where are they now, Sandra? And Sandra, it breaks my heart to hear people say, well, they're not coming out and talking about it. First off, most of these women are dead. And the other, and, and Sandra, I don't know. Right. I, I, I'll just say, I don't know if, if I've had friends, I've had friends who have been raped. It takes a long time to have guts to come forward, to share a story like that. And most of these women didn't even make it through. And to hear people say, well, where are they? Why aren't they speaking out? It is, this is 2023. I can't believe we are hearing this, Sandra. Your thoughts? This is all beyond my comprehension. I think it's shameful. I think it's, uh, I don't know what to say, Rita. <laughs> I really don't. I I, I don't know what to say. Well, we all have to do better, and we all have to speak out, and we have to be unified with one voice, women and men, and say there needs to be clarity, and this should never, ever happen, and it won't happen again.